1 Peter 1, beginning in verse 13. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance. This text for today begins with the word, therefore. And as we know from all the other many times that we've read this word, it's intended to point our attention back to some words that were given in the preceding verses. And in this case, the words that tell us that from the beginning of creation, the plan of God for man has been that the salvation of our souls would come to us by grace through faith faith in the shed blood of God's dear Son, the Lord Jesus. And again, although obedience to the holy laws of God is essential, especially to our relationship with Him, but our salvation, the salvation of our soul, cannot come through that obedience. It must come instead through the surrender of our souls to His Son and through our dependence upon His obedience to be our obedience. And yes, I do realize that those truths are mystical and they're difficult to comprehend. But though you and I can't fully understand them, our faith through the grace that He gives us to have faith, God's Holy Spirit can and He will make those truths effectual for our salvation. And again, as we were reminded in these preceding verses, It is always through grace, always through grace that our salvation comes to us. Too often, even good, solid, born-again believers put an and when they say it is by grace through faith and my obedience or and my attendance at church and, and they think of lots of other reasons. But there's never an and. Salvation is by grace through faith. Yes, God wants us to do all those other things. And it is required for our relationship to be what it should be with Him. But our salvation truly is only through Jesus and by His grace. Let me read those verses again, verses 10 and 11. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours and ours searched and inquired carefully inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. Now again, may I give these words the strong emphasis that they deserve. Here we're told plainly that before the Lord Jesus came to be born on this earth, he was our forever existing God. And he was visiting within the hearts and the minds of men, giving them directions and instructions. Now here in these words, spoken of as indwelling the minds of his appointed prophets. He indwelt the mind of Moses, of David, of Jeremiah, of Isaiah, and all the other prophets. Putting words into their mind to write down in these scriptures for the purpose of giving them to us today as in the case of Isaiah 2,700 years later, but giving those words verbatim to Isaiah so that you and I could read his words, look at what took place with the Lord Jesus, and see how all that proves who the Christ is, this 
Savior of mankind that Isaiah spoke about in Isaiah 6 and in Isaiah 53 and in other places in the book of Isaiah. Listen, these scriptures tell us plainly. Nothing in this precious book of the Bible is from the mind of a man. But it is coming from the very Spirit of Christ Himself. Those are the words that I just read to you. And here through the mind and the pen of the Apostle Peter, he also, like Isaiah, was indwelt by the presence of the Spirit of Christ. And then we read these instructions now that he's giving to that group of people that he was writing to in those days and to you and me. And he wrote these words. The Holy Spirit gave these words to him. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourself to the former lusts as in your ignorance. Folks, these words are an urgent call to battle. Recall from the words that we studied just recently in the book of Ephesians, you and I and all who put their faith and trust in Christ are not only sons and daughters of God, we are also soldiers of the cross and we are always to be marching forward with the truths of God, living them out in our own daily lives. Because, remember, your daily life, your daily witness, maybe, as some people word it, the only Bible that some people read. They look at you, and they'll determine whether or not Christ is trustworthy. So you and I have to live out these truths in our own daily lives, but then we are also to be able to give them out to anyone and to everyone who will listen and hear. And because we've been so privileged to be chosen of God to hear and to know these special truths about Christ and about His designs for the salvation of men's souls, you and I must quickly get up and get about passing these truths along to others. That's His command to us, that we are to preach this gospel to anyone who will listen beginning right here in your own family, in your own hometown, and then out to whoever else will listen throughout the world. Listen to the way that Matthew Henry describes this call to battle. He says concerning these words, Wherefore, since you are so honored and distinguished to know these special truths from God, gird up the loins of your mind. You have a journey to go on a race to run, a warfare to accomplish, and a great work to do. As the traveler, the racer, the warrior, the laborer gather in and gird up their long and loose garments that they may be more ready and prompt and expeditious in their business, so do you, by your minds, your inner man and affections seated there, gird them, gather them in, let them not hang loose, neglected about you. Restrain their extravagances. And let the loins, the strength, the vigor of your minds be exerted in your duty. Disengage yourself from all that would hinder you and go on resolutely in your obedience. Now those words again from verse 13 that we just read. Therefore gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Folks, God is so gracious to give us imagery, especially 
the way my mind processes information. He gives this imagery to help my calloused mind to understand his message. Here the Spirit of Christ and the Apostle Peter relates the encumbrances that take place within our minds to this dysfunctional clothing that we garb ourselves with each day. All we have to do is just look around us at the corrupt fascination that we have with our clothing. It's no longer functional. It is fashion. And it is, in most every way, dysfunctional. And so too are the encumbrances that we allow to beset our minds. So much so that we cannot be about the business of our Father. Here we're told to put aside all those encumbrances, to gird up the loins of our mind. And as the writer of Hebrews words it, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Folks, a good soldier must be well disciplined. His life and the life of his fellow soldiers and everyone that they're fighting for, they depend upon him, his discipline. In this call to battle, you and I need to get very serious about the duties that lie in front of us. We need to get control of all of those entanglements, that loose clothing that we have gathered around us with our habits, our philosophies. Here we're being told that it is our mind that is the most needful of discipline. Yes, we have other elements within our being that we need to be concerned about. We have our heart, our soul, our spirit. Some word it, we need to get control of the mind, the will, and the emotion. But here we're told to begin the discipline with our mind. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance. Over in Romans 12, concerning the mind, the Lord says, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Now this is what this fleshly body of ours will do. But it's controlled to a great extent by the mind. Verse 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect. For all those many years before you and I received Christ and were saved, we were ignorantly filling our minds with all of the false beliefs and cares of this world. And we still reach for those today. We still want to gather in some new ones. The world and its ways back in those days before we came to know Christ, that's all that we knew. That's all the world knows is what it has. The world loves itself and its ways. And folks, so did you and I back when we were part of that world. We really did love it. So much so that in verse 14, we're told that our desires for those things of the world were lusts. This world is filled with lusts. You and I were filled with lusts 
for the things of this world before we came to know Christ. We conformed ourselves to those lusts, to their ways and to their beliefs. And here in our scripture text for today, and then also there in Romans 12, God is telling you and me to get the thoughts and the intents of our mind under control. To reach down and pick up those flowing robes of thoughts and beliefs of our former lusts. Those those memories that you and I have of all those things that we used to do. To grab hold of them and tuck them into our waistband and begin to press on forward with this battle. Now, I do want you to catch the intent of this imagery, please. All those many thoughts and cares and beliefs of our former lusts, they do dangle all around us. They encumber us. They cause us to trip and to stumble. All you have to do is get in a conversation with someone about politics and one of those dangling garments that you covered yourself over with in your former lusts, as he puts it here, you'll trip over it. And he's saying, pick those up. They'll cause you to stumble. We need to get them under the control of the Holy Spirit within us to tuck them in the waistband of our faith and hope and put our minds on the business that's at hand. I recall the father in the parable of the prodigal son. The day that he saw his son coming in the distance, that's what he did. He gathered up, he girded up his robe because his robe was going to cause him to trip. He girded it up and he, so that he could run to meet his son. That's the image that you and I have to keep in our minds. And then God also adds to that, he says, he gives us emphasis with the word sober. The word sober has so many implications and meanings and possibilities. Again, Matthew Henry says, Be sober, be vigilant against all your spiritual dangers and enemies, and be temperate and modest in all that you do, in your eating, in your drinking, in your apparel, in your recreation." in your business, and in the whole behavior of your life. Those details of life, you and I have to be sober about them. Hold them loosely. Too often we hold our opinions, our philosophies, our beliefs, we hold them tightly. The Lord says, hold all those loosely. I want to warn us that everything that we do put into our minds has some influence over our minds. Everything that we bring into it, we've got to deal with it. Those last few words of Matthew Henry, they exhort, be sober-minded in opinion as well as in practice and humble yourself, listen, in the judgment of yourself. Don't think too highly of yourself or what you think. How many times do you hear someone in rebuttal of something you say, they respond by saying, well, I believe... Take warning when they say that. Or if you say that, pull it back into your mouth. Be sober-minded in opinion as well as in practice and humble in your judgment of yourself. Whether we're listening to those commentators on a secular news program where we can get a lot of opinions, or we're listening to preachers preach passionate sermons, you and I have to be very careful of our handling of their words. And be very careful in the opinions that we develop from hearing them. All those things that people say and we take into our minds, they develop and form your and my worldview. 
And it is from that worldview that our behavior flows. And it's there that you and I most need to gird up the loins of our mind. To tuck those beliefs and opinions under the waistband of the belt of truth that we will have put on. That belt of truth, that part of the whole armor of God. We're not to let them dangle and get in the way as we get about the battle. Now notice also this next word here in this passage, rest. Listen, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yes, this is a clearly given call to battle, a pressing forward. But then God suddenly inserts this word rest. So we've been given the execution command to march, but then he stops us and says rest. Now some might say that this instruction from the Lord is simply to rest our hope as we would move on forward fully upon the grace of God. And that is true. That is exactly true. But the word rest also has its own implication and its own intent. Now here we've just girded up the loins of our mind with a focused intent upon battle. And then God says to us, before you go out there into that battle, to fight a fight that you must fight, that I'm calling you to fight, first come to me. Sit down in front of me and rest. Rest. Yes, you must be sober-minded with your thoughts and behaviors focused on the battle and your intents on that. But he's saying, yes, I know that's taking place in you, but right now, stop. I want you to understand the battle is mine. The battle is mine. I am ever and always the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end that takes place in all that is taking place on this earth. The battle will involve you, yes, but it is mine. I have it completely in hand. As we grab up our weapons of spiritual warfare and we go rushing into the battle, you and I must be ever so careful that we first stop and rest our hope in the grace that is given to us in Christ. I'm reminded of the children of Israel. Just after they had destroyed Jericho, got all caught up in just the ease of destroying the city of Ai. And so they just sent a few soldiers over there, quickly. And those Israelites got beaten badly. They did not stop and go to the Lord before they went up against Ai. And they lost. He's saying to you and me, come to me each time. Rest before me. If you do that, you'll not fear. God is our protector. He is our strength. He is our shield. Listen to these words in Isaiah 43. Thus says the Lord, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flames burn you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. When I read words such as these, my mind goes to those many battles that King David fought. Folks, listen, David personally fought against and killed many hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of men, perhaps thousands of men, without a record in the Scriptures of him ever being wounded. Not seriously. How can that happen? How can a man stand firm in a pitched battle, wielding his sword, striking down one enemy after another, but himself not being struck down? 
That is an impossible feat. But it is the truth. It is the truth. And it's only those hidden protections of God that could have kept him from harm. God is assuring us that we too can have that same hope and assurance if we will rest our hope fully upon the grace, this gift of grace that is to be brought to us at the revelation of Jesus Christ. By the way, that revelation is not intended to be just at the end of days when He comes bursting through the clouds. That revelation is ours every moment of every day in the ordinary conduct of daily life. Now again, all this is very purposeful imagery. We've just girded up the loins of our mind. We have just put on the full armor of God and we're ready to go out there to do battle and all of those ordinary affairs of daily life. And God has said to us, but wait, wait a moment. First sit here at my feet. Rest in me. Matthew 11, come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. One last thought before we close. The sisters, Mary and Martha, sisters of Lazarus whom Jesus raised from the dead, they're contrasted there in Luke chapter 10 in the manner that they went about the matters of their daily life. Martha was a busy person getting about the needful things of the day, cooking and such. Mary, on the other hand, sat at the feet of Jesus, learning of Him, loving Him. She was the one that washed His feet with her hair. Listen to this account about Mary and Martha. Now as they were traveling, this is Jesus and His disciples, He entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed Him into her home. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to His Word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to Him, to Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. But only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. This is God's intent for you and me as we get about the battle that's in front of each of us each day. Yes, we are to ready ourselves by putting on the full armor of God. And we are to gird up the loins of our mind. But then before we go out into that fray, you and I must always stop and sit at the feet of Jesus and learn of Him and rest in the hope that He will reveal to us. We read these words as we close. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts, as in your ignorance. Praise the Lord. Let's pray.